Welcome to the Austin Action Fest podcast. We focus on filmmaking from idea to distribution and everything in between. We focus on you getting your project in the can and for the world to see. Thank you for listening to the Austin Action Fest podcast. Now let's get cracking. Once people are have been locked down for so long, they're just happy to see faces that isn't their wife or their kids. So they're just excited. Like, yeah, yay. And so I think that's why some of these are gone as, as, uh, as well as they have. We're just excited to get around some other filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. Here. I don't care what anyone says. I want Gina Carano to come. That's right. I mean, you know, if we can get her, we can get her in there. You know, uh, <laughs> that's a big ask, but uh, you know, she's doing stuff. Maybe we will we'll figure that out. Um. Yes. <laughs> 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 also, Justin says that he worked with Eric on In the Death Room. Yeah. The trailer, actually, I think I, I helped pull focus on that project. I came in, they needed somebody for a day, and I'll do pretty much anything in the film for money. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. Wait, wait pause. Uh, I will work any, any number of positions in, a, in the normal departments of film uh, because of my filmmaker background. I'm trying to word this so no one can <laughs> try to quote me and, and make a thing later. Uh, <laughs> as a filmmaker in film, you get experience in a lot of different parts of the filmmaking process. So I'll be, you know, actor, I'll do uh, fight choreography, I will do cinematography, I'll pull focus, whatever. I'm not good at scheduling anything admin, probably need to get somebody else for that. But everything else, I'm a gun for hire. So I helped you were also an adaptable gun for hire. You were put at, last thing we worked on, you were put as a coordinate, uh, stunt coordinator. You got, because of issues, you got turned into an actor and stunt guy. That is, that did happen. So, so you're also variable to what the needs are for that particular production. Well, film, so that's, that's very valuable. Well, filmmaking is fun. So this is actually going to segue right into Kyle, because that's what I'm good at. Uh, filmmaking is fun, and being able to, uh, you know, work with my friends and make money, I couldn't imagine anything being better than that. And that is the reason that we have invited the Kyle Sullivan of Door Monster TV to the Awesome Action Fest Q Clap Track. So Kyle, go ahead and introduce Thanks for having me. people at home. Let them know who you are and why you are amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm Kyle. Uh, I'm uh, fairly uh, n normal and not really all that amazing, honestly. I just don't uh, really like um, doing anything I don't want to do. So I've uh, <laughs> spent my entire life uh, making movies and just kind of like lightly suggesting that people uh, hand me money for it if they enjoy it. And for some reason that's worked. And so now I, I do that full time. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. Um, we post, we, we posted regularly, like every, we posted a weekly sketch for about four years uh, and then um, did a TV show pilot and then kind of been changing our schedule up since then. 
I'll drop it to you. That is that is amazing. One, uh, two, what, like before we get into the heavy stuff, we like to have a couple fun fun questions with you. What's something wacky we can ask Kyle? What is something weird about you that we wouldn't know looking at your highly polished YouTube videos and your perfect marriage? I've never heard anybody describe me as either of those things. <laughs> um, highly polished. Wow. All right. That's, that's a new one. Um, I, if, if that's what it comes across as, then uh, what, what you might not know is that we never have any idea what we're doing. We show up half asleep. Um, everything is breaking the entire time we're there. Uh, we, and most people don't know what's going on. I show up with a script. I hand it to them right before we start. Nobody, nobody's acting. We just set a camera up and then, and then people just go through the lines and then I edit it all together later. I guess the secret is that it's all only in my head the entire time and everybody else has no idea what's going on at any, at any given moment. <laughs> Got you. Right, well, hey man, well, here's the deal. We're here to talk to you because we're all jealous, right? Just a little bit. Uh, we've been mentioning you guys the entire time we had the festival about this group of young filmmakers who are living the dream, uh, who have way more YouTube followers than we have, right? And have incredibly, had incredibly successful um, crowdfunding campaigns. So yeah. walk us a little bit about through how Door Monster got started and then we'll get into why you've been so successful with these avenues. Sure. Um, I, well, I guess the important parts about getting started, I, I wanted to make um, stories in pretty much any format from really young age uh, and was introduced to the idea that you could make an entire like short film by yourself uh, online through other people who were already doing it. I just stumbled across it. it was before YouTube even. It was actually Newgrounds. I started on doing animation and things like that. Um, and uh, ended up moving up to film as like I was able to do things like afford a camera and get a driver's license to go places. Um, and we kind of had like this little off and on YouTube uh, project throughout school. And then once I finished um, high school and college and graduated and uh, was trying to figure out what to do, I just kind of, I decided, I, I listened to a lot of other YouTubers who had started back when I was watching uh, when I was watching them but back in like 2010 when it was kind of new uh, and uh, most of YouTube was people who just really wanted to make movies and didn't have their own avenue to do so and had found this website to start uploading them. Um, I followed their advice which was uh, essentially once you've gotten started you can't stop. It's more about the like when you first get started it's more about the quantity than it is the quality because you're still learning and the more time you spend on each individual project, the slower it's going to be. And so I just decided I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do it right for one year. I'm going to every single week for, for a solid year, I'm going to release a video. I'm going to see if it works. And that way, if it doesn't, I'll know that I at least tried and I can move on and do something else with my life. Um, and so we, we made it through the first year and now it's, you know, five, six years later and we've, uh, it, it worked out. <laughs> so that is that that is how we do it so you um you guys are pretty 
I don't want to say you do one specific thing, but you have a pretty strong like niche, like a very fervent fan base. We do. How did you how did you find out who that was? Like how did you develop that? So it, that's that was definitely a difficult question. We we've never been good at marketing ourselves. That's probably our biggest weak point. Wow. Is that we're we're not good at selling what we do. Um, we, I'm very, very happy with the amount that we have, uh, like, like, like our subscribers are way, way more than I ever pictured back in the day. We have so many more people watching and I, it's, it's been amazing. Uh, if you compare us to like other current YouTube channels, which are like, you know, 15 year olds sometimes, uh, are making far more money <laughs> and getting way more views than we ever will, which is fine. Uh, it's just not the, uh, it's not, our specialty isn't really like going viral or like getting, uh, widespread attention. But I think one thing that we have done really well is that we've, uh, we've just kind of stayed true to what we want to make, uh, and we've stuck with it no matter what happens. Um, and so I think the few people that we have, um, attracted have, uh, appreciated that. And we've also been very supportive of that group. We've always been very uh, aware of how lucky we were to have the group that we had, uh, how much we rely on them to keep making the things that we make. We're always very open, very transparent about um, the money that they send in, uh, money that we get from other sources, where it goes. Um, and I think we've just kind of been able to build up sort of a, a, a trust. It's a smaller group, but it is a very dedicated group to the point where I do feel like if, if you know, our YouTube channel got deleted or something, we could we could re-upload the video somewhere else and probably not take that big of a hit in the long run. Um, and yeah, I think most of that most of that came from just consistency and focusing really hard on keeping the people that we had. Uh, as far as methods for getting people to the channel really early on, we did end up uh, using Reddit quite a bit. It was kind of an accident. Um, but, but it was our first big video that like, that like got uh, a whole lot of views. We did the door monster video that we eventually named the channel after somebody else posted it on Reddit. I didn't really know how Reddit worked at the time and it blew up. And so after that, we would start posting our own videos on Reddit. Um, we had to be like, like to the point where we had to like, we were technically breaking their rules. They had like really strong, no self promotion <laughs> rules at the time. So we would, we would like trade off like, okay, one account can't keep posting the same videos or they're going to catch on. They're going to shadow ban us. So this week it's your turn. Go post it to the relevant, you know, video game that the video is about and pretend that you just found it online and it's not yours. Cause for some reason people <laughs> don't dislike that as much. Uh, and most of the time it didn't work, but it did like, like two times we got it, it, it picked up. Uh, one of them was our civilization video and that turned into a whole series. And it's probably one of the, the most well-known series of videos that we've done. Um, but that was kind of the start of it. And so I think it kind of, at some point we got big enough that our audience would share it on Reddit for us uh, just by default. And we wouldn't have to keep doing that ourselves. Gotcha. I have zero. Do you interact a lot with your, um, with your audience? Um, yeah, we, well, when I first started, I would, uh, respond to probably half the comments that came through. And at this point I still do read almost all of them. I, I don't, I'm not able to respond to all of them anymore, but I, I still have an app on my phone that I'll just scroll through constantly. Um, and our primary source of income is a Patreon page where we have, uh, people just directly donating money. 
Um, and those people we talk to pretty often. We have a Discord server just for them, so we have we there they have access just to message us directly whenever they want. Um, and so if if I can't, at least usually somebody else can. There's you know a, at least ten of us that are any one person might be available at one time and hopefully be able to to answer somebody. So I think. I think we've done okay at kind of creating a sense that you can just sort of talk to us like normal people, which is also really important to us because we just, uh, we, we really don't like the, the weird kind of air of like quasi celebrity uh, mm -hmm. culture that happens on YouTube or any of that stuff. Um, we're, we're just making movies and we want people to, to talk to us like we're just people. So I think that helps. <laughs> Well, actually, uh, Emily Blackman says they interact with us so much, and we absolutely Oh, do we have people here? It. <laughs> it's, it's on one of the panel, uh, the watch party on Austin Action Fest. That's why I'm okay. I'm watching, like, oh, see, well, that's a good example. I'm looking I, at different screens right now. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> I know, I know, I know her. I know that name. Like we know a lot. Most of the people that talk to us are people that are regularly talking to us. So we're uh, awesome. Yeah, we know a lot of a lot of our there are a lot of prominent like audience members that that we are that we would be as excited to meet in real life as they would to meet us. So it definitely feels more like a you know a mutual trade off than than that weird sort of one sided relationship that that YouTube kind of creates sometimes. Gotcha. So how did you like how did you guys come up with that strategy? Was it that you were reading some business books or something, or was it just you were fans of other people and you you did the things that you thought you would want if you were someone else's fan i think that was mostly it it was mostly emulation it was i i i was familiar with enjoying other people's work i knew what i liked uh i knew i i understood sort of that feeling of like um uh really enjoying someone's work to the point of feeling like you kind of knew them but then knowing that you didn't and uh and i was very interested in the way that their lives kind of work so i definitely took a lot from uh uh, I think probably my biggest influences was was Freddie Wong, um, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with. Yeah. Uh, he, he, I basically have copied all of the things that he did on his channel. Uh, most of the <laughs> advice that I that I followed and some of it that I still give now are things that I heard him talk about on on his shows or on other people's shows, uh, and just things that I observed that he did. And I've I've mostly just emulated some of his his decisions and it's worked out pretty well for me. Um, and then following that, it was, it's just kind of, I, I, I mean, yeah, we're, we're always, we're, we're just as much fans as we are creators. So we're, we're observing how everybody else does things. And based on the way we started and sort of our, our perspective on it, there are certain things that are like, we, we really like the way certain people, uh, conduct themselves and there's certain ways certain things that we very much don't like and try really really hard to never touch and never steer into <laughs> copy so so far what i have down is one we bend the rules <laughs> when we have to two we copy things that we like which i think literally any every filmmaker understands that we all do this like it be it yeah, Rodriguez style of action or something you saw on television. You're gonna, it's it's a game of, of duplication. Yeah, honestly, yeah, and it's weird because both of the things you just mentioned are definitely things that you're told like not to do, or at least there's like this air of like, like, uh, like I don't know, like like you're like those are lesser things to to do. Like you shouldn't 
their rules are in place for a reason and originality is king. Um, But I, the biggest things I've learned from this entire experience is that the rules are all made up and are usually dumb and, uh, and, and creativity is just about, uh, hiding what you stole it from. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm writing this down. Rules are all made up and they are usually dumb. Uh, you got to teach a class. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's frustrating because I, I, I've taken, I went to film school. I took all the, the basic film class, like the most like by the book film classes you, you could possibly take. And they don't, they don't cover. I, it's weird because it's like, I don't know. Now I look back and I'm like, did, were they ever actually on set or did they do things? Did they make things themselves? Cause having got, having done it in real life, uh, it's like, uh, most of most of the stuff I was taught is um, very optional or entirely the <laughs> wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's very optional. <laughs> I've never heard that before. It's very optional. Uh, <laughs> but they just they treat it like all this stuff is mandatory. Like this is the way it's supposed to go. But it almost never is. Well, I mean, that's one of the things that we talk about with, with, uh, with Alex Ferrari and the other, you know, distributors is that there's a lot of things that we're taught of how we're supposed to do things. Right. And that works great under certain parameters, like the Hollywood system or whatever. But when you don't have some of those avenues, connections, resources, it's either we have to do this a different way or I don't get to do it at all. And so right. how, how important is the process? Uh, right. To- so that makes that makes perfectly good perfectly good sense. Um, actually, we got a question. I know this is off topic a little bit, but someone asked, "Do you take the, any of the profits from the, the stuff that you're doing? Is there anything that you're like philanthropic or feel a need to to engage in, or any causes that you you your company works with that you uh, take a special interest in?" You know, we, we haven't yet. Um, we've only just now gotten to a point where we're able to start paying the people who are, who've been working on the channel for free uh, within the last couple of months. Um, but especially with the, uh, the protests and everything that's been going on right now, we have actually just now started looking into like, well, I, I wanted to donate money somewhere. I, I wasn't even sure where. I just wanted to do something that could, that could help. Uh, and at one point I was like, you know, Dormoster has way more money than I do. And as far as I'm aware, companies can't <laughs> donate money. So we, we've started looking into it now. We don't have anything on the books immediately, but we are actually, we, we feel like we're in a, a stable enough position that we can start looking into those kind of things. It's been in my, on my mind for years. That's we awesome. haven't been able to yet. And, and one of the things I know like for, for Action Fest and Ballistic Blade, we try to, um, so just so you guys know, I'm Ben Reddick, director of Austin Action Fest. This is Edwin Keonis, which is one of our business partners in Ballistic Blade Entertainment. Um, like speaking at schools. One of the reasons we we wanted to be successful in business is that now I get speaking engagements. Like I spoke at uh, Maynard High School, I, you know, Maynard. I spoke at uh, Burlington, Vermont at their technical school, which is amazing, by the way. Um, these kids have like studios and IMAX and stuff in <laughs> high school. I'm so mad. Yeah. Like I get jealous <laughs> when I see I'm like, I'm yay, great. And in my heart, there's fire. It's like, it's like, I wish I had this stuff when I was a kid, but getting to go talk to those guys and and talk about the business side and the marketing side, because they're very talented, but maybe they're not thinking about all the stuff we're talking about, about niching down, et cetera, um, was a, was 
part of the reason I wanted to be successful. So that's yeah. awesome. You guys are gotten to a position where you can actually pay. <laughs> you can pay your people, which is yeah, that's very new. <laughs> is that it? To be honest, like to you, for me, that's one of the most exciting days. Is when yeah. when payday comes. I'm cutting checks. I'm like, I did something that was so, uh, so useful. It's so beneficial to people that they paid me money that I can now give to other people to help them pay their bills. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's been a really like long time coming payoff too, because these are these are people that have been helping me make videos since high school. Like most people don't even get don't most people don't even keep their high school friends past high school, and they're living next door to me and are uh, making money off of off of this channel that we've created over the last several years. And yeah, it's been it's it's been my primary goal for for this whole time has been to be a, to to uh, set up some kind of a system where everybody is just able to work on this full time and doesn't have to have other obligations because they're taken care of by the effort they put into the channel. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're closer to that than we've than we've ever than we ever have been. Um, and they're they're doing more like half the I I pretty much did all the work for years. And uh, <laughs> at this point in time, it just by necessity, just because everybody else had jobs, everybody like I didn't have time to to teach them how to do things. Um, but we got three other people on the payroll now who are making seventy five percent of the videos per month. Um, and it's yeah, it's been great. No, that's amazing. And like, uh, I mean, I think every entrepreneurial venture kind of starts off that way. Um, I was, I had finagled my income to be required so little to survive that I was able to be the first one in our company to kind of be independent. And so when we started Austin Action Fest, the way I like to do things is before I start paying people, I got to try it first. I need to see exactly how hard I was going to fail to know the value of the thing that I couldn't do. And then I'll bring some in or I'll, I'll pay someone. But I like to give it a whirl. So the first action fest was, I think we just rented a room in the Austin School of Film and we had a projector. And we yeah. just, it was no, it was no panels. It was nothing like <laughs> fancy at all. It was like, can we do it? Yeah. Then we did it and they said, maybe this time we'll have concessions and actual coffee for people to drink. Right. <laughs> and then it just like it it built up into like an, an actual thing. Um, so as far as oh, something, Ben, if you don't, I want to ask Kyle, oh, what motivated you when you were starting this up? And like you said, you wanted to try it first. Like what pushed you to keep going? What made you not go? Well, I'm not making money. I'm not seeing results. So I might as well just stop. What what made you keep going? Um, I. I've never uh, been really motivated by making money, I, I think is what it is. Like it's, I mean, it's a, it's, I, not to like sound high and mighty about it or anything. Cause I don't feel that way at all. It's really just, I, I, okay. I yeah, I, well, it, it, and well, I think, and it's okay to be motivated by wanting to have a job. That's fine. Most people are in the industry because they want to, and, and you don't have to be a starving artist to have artistic integrity. Like those two things aren't, aren't required to exist together. Um, but I, I personally, if I'm not making movies, my brain is just constantly generating characters and stories and all of these different things, whether I want it to or not. If I'm doing anything else, it just it just builds up and I have to put it somewhere. 
and so that's that's why I I make things. That's because I have to get it out of my head. So I'm either making movies or I'm running D and D campaigns at the very least, <laughs> writing something, or it has to be put down on somewhere. And it's just kind of like it's a it's a release that I need. It's just kind of something that's like I couldn't not do it when it comes down to it. If I can, the only reason I need the money for it is so that I don't have to do other things. I pretty much hit my goal when I first started being able to support myself off the channel and anything else after that is just bonus. The fact that I don't have to get up and go to a job is the only real goal monetarily I ever had. That is awesome. That's very rare. Most people never, most people don't get there. I I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm incredibly lucky to have been able to make it to that point. That's cool. We're going to, we're going to, but there's also going to be some talent and skill in there. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. But I totally feel what you just said because um, I'm the same way. I was, I did, I drew when I was younger, um, sketch artist. I thought I was going to be an artist, but every time I draw a character, there was like a whole story building in my head. Yeah. I like four or five ideas for different video games and anime. And I just, I would, before we ever had talked really about having a company, I just saved them because it was in here and I was like, man, I got to put it somewhere. Then when I wrote it down, I, like, I don't want to just, I don't feel like I should just throw this away. And then yeah. later on, it comes back. I'm like, oh, here's a way to actually do this stuff. Like I have, um, I don't, I rap occasionally because it's fun. Because where I grew up, people came up doing that. I had like notebooks full of lyrics. That yeah. I didn't really have a plan for, but I, just, I still have a notebook full of lyrics that they'll probably never see the light of day. I'm ashamed of half of those things, but um, <laughs> I had to get them out. You know, I had to get them out somewhere. So um, as far as the YouTube and the and getting your, we figured out how you got so many followers and individuals engaged in your YouTube. Can you tell us some things about doing the, these Kickstarter campaigns? You can use any part, any project and kind of talk about how you got, you know, over six figures basically to do a Kickstarter campaign, whereas most of us out here have done a Kickstarter campaign. We got like 400 bucks from grandma and maybe a couple of uncles or two, and that was pretty much it. So tell us tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, I'm going to be honest. I'm still not 100% sure how we did that. <laughs> um, we, we knew that what we were asking for was insane, and so we uh, essentially just overshot by as far as we possibly could or tried to. Um, we knew that like we, if we're going to get this much money within a month. So we, we, had a, we, we had a TV show pilot we wanted to do. We had made it through about three or four years of doing the sketches full time. Um, and at that point, it was already kind of starting to feel tired. Just that we had kind of gotten everything we could out of doing that. And we felt like we wanted to start moving on to some larger things. And we had several different concepts in mind. So we picked this TV show that we wanted to make. Uh, and we decided to go and put a Kickstarter up. And we, we did, I can't remember what all we, the main thing is that we live streamed uh, like this every single day for an entire month. We, had, we basically had like a, like a public access TV style like uh, fundraising campaign where every, we, we made up a whole schedule. Um, the entire crew got in on it. We had different like games, different events for, for an entire solid month. Um, and it was, uh, it was an, an absolute nightmare. <laughs> it was, 
on top of that, we kept filming sketches because we wanted to put them up on the main channel to also promote the uh, the Kickstarter. Uh, and we wanted, um, uh, I think, and then me and Allison decided to move in the middle of it too because we were freaking idiots. Uh, and uh, and yeah, no, it was like I I don't know. I, when it comes down to it, I'm not <laughs> smart enough to understand why it happened. The only thing I can I can guess is that we hadn't asked for any for that before. Um, we had shown people what we could do on literally nothing. And it was intriguing enough that we had people put some faith in us and, and give us this money to help us uh, try to take this next step. Um, and so we, because of that, we're still really, really working hard on trying to, to get this thing made because uh, we owe it entirely to the people who just decided to drop in and give us money. Like even when it gets to the point of, of when we actually start getting to talk to some people who might be able to distribute this for us, our, our first um, sort of like requirement in any contract that we that we sign is going to be you have to make you have to help us make sure that these rewards are fulfilled because these people this wouldn't be happening if these people hadn't given us money. Um, uh, but yeah, it's I I I don't Actually, know. They just liked us for some reason. I really don't have a good answer for you. <laughs> I wish I had more. No, maybe it's the authenticity. Anybody chatting with you can see that you really you enjoy what you're doing. Um, like you're making things that you think are entertaining. You kind of did it a different way than some of our previous guests. They're asking us to look at the market and figure out what people want, etc. You right. kind of got out there and said, "I want to make this because I think it's cool." My yeah. Friend. And then market the crap out of it to find those other people like yourself, which if you have the money or the time, that is another way of attacking, you know, attacking the beast. And what you talked about earlier is you said, you're not sure how you did exactly what Alex for mentioned as well. You mm -hmm. gave away content. You gave, you, you provided value first and then you built trust because they saw that you could complete some things. And then you asked, you asked for, hey, we're trying to do more of what you've already seen me do. And I've seen plenty of Kickstarters where someone's like, yeah, man, I've never like actually even smelled a camera. Right. <laughs> I've never touched a film set. And I do not know what a script is, but I'm going to make the next great movie. And this is why you need to give me a hundred grand in order <laughs> to do. And you're like, hey, man, uh, I don't know. Probably not. Probably not going to do yeah. that. Probably no, I, pass. I, I think you're right. I think it's like, like showing, showing that you know what you're doing is honestly goes a long way. Uh, like, like, like showing who you are first uh, is something that a lot of people I don't want to take the time to do. And honestly, a lot of it is just, it's just that time investment first. Um, exactly. And I think it probably helped that it was, we, it was obvious that we were doing this, because we enjoyed it anyway. Um, yeah. And our, our sell was essentially like, we're going to make this one way or the other. <laughs> but if you want it to be like good, you can donate some money and then maybe that'll help. Um, but it's happening. And people went for it. And it's, it's yeah, we, we got the pilot shot. Um, and uh, I saw somebody asking about the, every, we always have, every single time we bring it up, somebody asks about what's going on with it. And it's, it's, it's in my least favorite part of this entire process so far, which is we're waiting for our producers to, 
to get people to notice it. Um, um, are you allowed to give the title, like tell them the name? Because I see it in the, the, I don't know if you're allowed to say names and stuff or. Of the, of the series? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's called Sky Vault. It's, yeah, it's, it's ours. Uh, it, it's our, it's our thing. I can do what I want with it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he was asking, I was like, you're like the project. I'm like, is he dodging that for a reason? Right. No, no. Yeah. Sorry. I, I was, I just, I'm so used to talking about it. I forget which information I've given out already. It's gotcha. called, yeah, it's, it's, it's Sky Vault. It's a, it's a TV show that we want to make. And we made, we originally raised the money to make the, the series on our own. And we ended up meeting some people that, that, convinced us that if we made it as a pilot first, it would be easier to, to sell and get produced on the scale we were wanting. Uh, and I still think that's true, um, but it has changed up the, the way that, it's, that the process has gone. And then as a result, we still, I, I, we still owe, I, I feel like we still owe the people who donated all this money the rest of what we originally said we were going to create. So we're still, we're st we still have this thing that we're working on in the background as we're doing day-to-day uh, -day channel work. That was um, awesome. And that was all Austin. Was it mostly Austin actors and crew and all that, or was it? It was almost entirely local. Yeah. We ended up hiring two people from out of state to play a couple of parts that we were going to, because originally, again, it was going to be only us. So I was going to be playing a part in it along with somebody else. And we, we ended up getting it down to where it was like only two of us. But at that point, uh, all the actors were going to be better than we were. So we were like, all right, <laughs> well, We'll concede. We're not gonna. We're not gonna bring this down by being in it ourselves when clearly we shouldn't be. And so we hired on a couple more people last minute, and they ended up coming in from out of state. And they're uh, like, like we want them in the final version now. They did such a better job than we ever would have done. Um, you guys, you guys worked with them actually. <laughs> oh yeah, we got to do a little bit. That was that was it was our pleasure, right? And it looked amazing. I was very jealous. Uh, I'm looking because it looks like some Indiana Jones, like with the with the. I'm in the costumes, man. So yeah. Like yeah. That's like period or whatever, I'm in. Yeah. I have like ten costumes here, just ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Everyone's like, I need a mercenary and I need a ninja. Got you. I already got it. Right. <laughs> Which color do you want? Um. So I actually think. I think everyone had a question for you. Oh, I, was, I was just asking if I could ask him. Yeah, you can, you can ask one if you got one. <laughs> oh, no, I don't have one now. You don't have one now? Right now? Okay, he's waiting. But I, I, just for I, later, just when he thinks of one. You want to know if he had the option. I okay. want to know if I had the option. Like, just, just <laughs> they they can see you. I mean, it's a, it's a, you're a co-host now. You've been, you've been promoted. Actually, no, no. I did want to ask you because you answered it before, but I think I want to ask. Again, so everybody else can hear. Because you did fight choreography. Oh, Intensive. Yeah. I did. I would, I, I would say. I trained for the part that I ended up having. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I forgot about that. Can you, can you uh, talk about that again? <laughs> Was it easier? Because I'm sure you grew up watching the same stuff we did. And, like, when I was little, I thought I can do – anything like I got I, you know like I saw like Power Rangers I can do that right I know, like, but really I <laughs> I really have no basis for actually knowing if I can do that so actually I have, I have a good story about this from from that entire that thing because you know, I, I, it was very fun I love doing the fight choreo I, I really want to be doing more of it and I wish I could do more of it now I'm excited for when we get to do it for our next movie um, but uh, I I so I I 
at some point in my life, somewhere probably around high school, I was under no disillusion that like I was like the action hero at all. Like I knew I wasn't. I could look in the mirror and be like, the only way I'm a, I'm a protagonist in a movie is if that movie is like super bad or something. That's that's what I look like. <laughs> I'm acknowledging that now. I'm not the superhero. Um, but as I got older, I started realizing like I actually could like be like that's that's changeable if I really want it to be. Uh, and you're, you're and so yeah, like it's just, it just takes work and practice. And so I've been, yeah, I trained with you guys and I started taking Kung Fu here in San Antonio and, and just exercising and just getting more in shape. Uh, and so I kind of started getting some of that back, but I specifically remember one moment where uh, at BAM, we had done the training and then they were doing the lightsaber tag game where people are like jumping around on the, the gym in there and you have to not touch the ground. And I was, I got, I got into it enough at one point that I was like up on a high platform and saw someone running down, down below. And in between me and them, there's a horizontal bar. And in my head, I was like, I can jump down there, grab it with one arm, swing down and hit him with a stick. Wow. And so I jumped, I grabbed it. And I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> and, and slept right off and just fell flat on my face. And for some reason, for a second in that moment, I was like, this will work. I don't know why I, th I think my body can do this, but you thought you had the plot armor going. Nice. Uh, that is amazing. Uh, well, no, because see, the the reason to bring it up is because this past year, like almost the opposite's been happening. So you know how you guys came every week to train, yeah, times two, and it was like intense. You know, and we uh, went to work with. You know, now we're getting stuff where people are like, "Just I can just do this." You right. know, so like. Let me get this uh, twenty-man fight scene done. I was like, "Do you know how long that's gonna take and how hard that's gonna be?" And they're like, "I can do it." I was like, "You watched too many movies. I can't believe I just said that." But I was like, <laughs> "My heart can't take watching you try to do." Yeah, I was like, "Right." I was like, and, and you know, but you know, so I guess I'm just saying like a thank you for actually showing up and then actually doing it, whether or not you actually were in the in the short or not, and. and Everybody else that actually uh, came out because uh, they all train hard and they and they got the scene shot, which is the end of it. So. And what you're saying is important because uh, people often don't realize. And as Michelle was talking about, and all the you know, Jennifer Hutchins, everybody talks about these different positions. You don't think about even being a PA. Like you need people to do other positions, and when you try to do everything by yourself. That is a very quick way to get burned out, for one. But two, okay. it's never going to be as good as if someone else is doing it and they have any kind of level of skill. I'm, I want to point this out. I've shot – I was trying to do a Kung Fu movie. Had no crew that day, but I had an actor. I put it on a tripod, ran – had to, it was like in the green belt. I had to run through this obstacle course doing parkour – get to this bridge and do this training sequence and then like in post i had to like push in so maybe you would know that no one was holding the camera <laughs> yeah yeah and it was not as good as i it's not, <laughs> look listen look. it's an independent film okay we're getting yeah, yeah. stuff shot okay but it was not good <laughs> it was completed but it was not good and so i was man you know what i really need to if i can get someone else to do this thing they will be better than me at it and that is what is most important is like getting the best shot i possibly can get not just what i can get that so. is the ultimate goal yeah and i do think it's really important to recognize when when 
you know, at least if you want it done in a timely fashion, maybe you can't uh, do everything or at least can't do everything better than a group of people can. It kind of reminds me of the, uh, there's that, that, um, the triangle diagram though, of like, uh, like time cost and quality and you have to pick two, like you have to get rid of one of those at, at some point. So it's not that like, like doing it by yourself isn't possible. You just have to be accepting. You just have to accept the fact that that means it's going to take you way longer than it would <laughs> normally, which might be a fair trade. That's honestly, that's our, that's usually our go-to sacrifices is, is time. We usually like, we want to, the quality is kind of non-negotiable for us and we are okay with putting the time into it. And so we've done similar things where like uh, a recent video we just put out, we were able to make it look entirely handheld, even though it was not, uh, there was only two of us there, nobody was holding the camera, um, but with some extra time put into it, we were able to sort of like trick that. Like there's, there's lots of ways to get around things. You just have to be okay with not having it, ha having everything at once. You have to be able to sacrifice what you need in order to to make sure that the other parts are taken care of exactly so i do have a question on your on your your kickstarter let's talk a little bit about this kickstarter you did <clears throat> for skyfall you tell us the parameters like how long did you set it for around about how much did you raise and uh like tell me what that was like for you um so the final amount we got was a little over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars um, we, we had 90,000. Nope. <laughs> oh my God. We, we had aimed for higher. So we had done some math before this and we, we realized like there are about three different tiers we could do this at. We could do it. We could do it, but not great at 150. Um, for about 350, we could do it. All right. And then higher, like there's another tier that was like, this is like our ideal version. Um, and we just barely hit the bottom line at the end of the month. So it's good that we set the goal down there or we wouldn't have gotten any of the money because that's how Kickstarter <laughs> works. Um, but it was it was literally within the last hour that we hit the goal Wow! out of that entire month. Um, and so, so yeah, we, we were left with like, uh, we, we had that amount and it, again, we, there was more money than we'd ever seen. Like I never knew I was going to be like, like moving that amount of money around at all. So yeah. I had zero complaints and we fully <laughs> intended to make the entire season by ourselves, uh, kind of in like a um, uh, I, more or less a similar quality to how a lot of our sketches currently look now. Um, and so it was uh, leading up to that, it was exciting, but it was also extremely stressful because we, we were trying to, as usual, kind of reach beyond what we actually had the means to do. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, we ended up, uh, in that process, um, through some of the actors that we hired, um, cause we did a lot, we did a full casting session. We did all this stuff on our own. And then through one of the actors, we ended up talking to a, uh, a producer that wanted to, that was also a, a local producer who has her own company and, and is small kind of like us and was but but has some more of like the industry know-how and connections than we do um and wanted to, to help us get this thing made in a way that was actually going to be uh you know like sellable to something like netflix or to hulu or like a big company and actually be on a uh you know an industry platform rather than just putting it up on the youtube channel um and we wanted to we we wanted to not be 
foolish with the amount of money that we had. So we thought it over a lot and we ended up changing the plan to just be on a pilot episode. And at that point, it's $150,000 for one episode. And that's a whole different game than it was before. Then it turned into a big production, <laughs> which was a, a different, yeah, it, it ended up feeling like a, a very large scale project after that because we, uh, because of, because the project itself scaled down and the same amount of money was applied. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And I mean, that's that amount of money. I, most people aren't going to raise that amount. Most people are probably going to see <laughs> 150 at one time. And yeah. Like I probably just would have just let it sit in the account and just, just, <laughs> just marvel. <laughs> I probably would have done that for a little bit. Did people, did people see that and maybe start coming to you asking you like, Hey, I got this idea, Kyle. Hey buddy. <laughs> so we didn't, we didn't quite get that, but um, we did definitely. So we, I'm trying to think of the best way to, <laughs> to jump into this without, <laughs> without launching into a whole rant. Um, mm. uh, we, this, this <laughs> sounds, he should like ran away. Interest peaked. This was our, this was our first experience with industry professionals since I had been to film school. Since then we had, I had receded to my own little internet bubble and we had created this whole world for ourselves in which we had our own rules and this is the way things worked. And so this is the first time going back and working with people who were used to being on, uh, on not more professional sets, but definitely sets that thought they were more professional than we were. Um, and, uh, we're getting all the sports and savagery today, guys. <laughs> and at the same time, I think that nobody on our crew had ever actually worked for a project that had that amount of money before. So they had, they showed up with this expectation um, that did not match what they got because instead of somebody who would be making a $150,000 pilot under normal circumstances, it was us. And uh, we, um, we, we didn't do things the way they were used to, um, but they definitely were there because they, of, of like the size of the project and, and the amount of money that was, that was available. Um, and it kind of, it, it colored our experience of, uh, the film industry and Hollywood and working on, on larger projects within that arena very significantly, uh, to the point where we have, we have brand new entire like policies and plans on how we're going to be making future projects to specifically avoid a lot of the things that happened during that project. I think a lot of a lot of filmmakers say we want Hollywood to come rescue us, save us, and all that stuff. But I don't think we really do, because with Hollywood comes all of Hollywood rules, Hollywood way of doing things. And I mean, I, I admit to being a little scrappy, a little indie in the way that I shoot things, and having having a Hollywood setup or you know whatever could make it less relaxed or less fun um it'll yeah. be, so I, I could definitely see that i i think what it does is that it makes it really easy to lose sight of what your actual motivation is based on the people we interacted with there i i it offers um it offers money and it offers uh um 
respect to a degree from from your peers like like a professional this professional uh appearance and um i think i think the issue is that when you first start making movies out in your backyard nobody's going no nobody is going out with their friends to shoot an action film because they want fame or because they want money or because they want the Hollywood elite to recognize them. That's, that's not the motivation when you start, but by the time you get into that world, that seems to be the driving force behind everybody's actions and decisions rather than actually making something. And I, and I think, I think when you first enter that world, you usually, you the traditional way is you enter as a, you know, a, a PA or something and you kind of work your way up and you become sort of integrated into it as you go. And for us, we had developed, again, our entire own made up way of doing things from the outside and then just got smashed together with this other world. And so it just, it didn't, didn't mix very well uh, in most cases. And what you're referring to, we call it, uh, it's kind of like, we have a term we use called glam directing. (laughs) Uh, Well, what, what happens is that you have a person who really wants to like, they want to be the star of a thing and they'll bring it to you and say, hey man, I wanna do this thing, it'll be awesome, yada, yada, yada. Typically, it's a passion project, there's not a lot of money involved. Um, so they'll bring you in to do it and they're bringing other people in so that they can be the star. So I've seen that happen a lot yeah, of times. Man. And I mean, if you're really talented, um, really wants to that, like, that can work. But if you're not really, Oh, where's that coming from? Someone has the Facebook app. So they'll bring you in to do it, and they're bringing other people in so that I'm on. No, it's Mio. But uh, <laughs> speak a little Spanish. Um, but no, we have people who come in, and if you're really, really talented, that can work. You know, but if you're not really, really talented, and like, you got somebody else coming in and you're the lead actor and you're probably the director and or maybe you wrote it like it's hard for someone there's no one to pull the best out of you if it's your thing and you're the one with the vision so you just have to have written an amazing screenplay been it be an amazing actor and fighter like it's a whole lot to make that to make that come together, but we have definitely experienced those who seem to be less concerned about the project and more concerned about like a demo reel. And I'm like, yeah, All right, man. I mean, it it seemed like most of the people that we worked with were definitely are, were were um, kind of like what you said. It, like everybody wanted to be the star of the project, and that was kind of their motivation for being there. Is they wanted to stand out. They were there because they thought they could get something from it. I think, which again makes like it's. I get that world. I, I understand that it exists and how, um, and that people have to, that, that entire, that ladder and that set of rules has existed for decades. And it's not really something that you can just sort of ignore and still be a part of it. Mm. Um, so I, I, I understand it, but it definitely like was, it was kind of a wake up call to us for like, maybe this isn't actually what we want. Like it's felt like the end game this whole time. It feels like you're doing YouTube and you're doing all this stuff so that you can eventually move up into this higher arena yeah. of, uh, of Hollywood and the film industry and this professional 
filmmaking world, but having now been, you know, uh, in a, in a very, very mild version of it, I have to imagine, because again, it was just, we were still running it. So I, I don't even like, like it, it must be way worse <laughs> like in LA on somebody else's set than it was for us. And just that one little taste, we were like this, like all the things we enjoy about our day-to-day job mm-hmm. are just buried here underneath all this other stuff. So maybe this isn't actually what we want. Maybe there's, maybe we need to seek out other methods of making this stuff happen for ourselves rather than, than trying to go along this existing path because we've, we've gotten used to doing it this other way. And I can, again, I can go on a really, really long tangent complaining about exactly you know what why I think it's problematic. And, and all anybody today. Uh, we appreciate you being that candid about it um, because I've, a lot of us, a lot of us don't, a lot of filmmakers are looking at what you guys have done and what you were able to do. And we're looking at that and going, that's the goal. And to hear other people from the other side say, not really. It may not be everything you think is cracked up. Yeah, well, I think that's. I think it's important to 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 question that at least. Maybe it is what you want. Maybe it isn't. But but try to if it, I if you if you've you know felt like that is one hundred percent where you're supposed to be for your entire life, but you've never actually experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you might end up being disappointed. It, it's hard to it's it's hard to know without getting into it. Oh, um, he had a Tony Montana moment, you know, like he's in the he's in the mansion. He's got the tiger and the woman and the whole nine, and it just it's not enough. It kind of it kind of felt like that a little bit, and we we hadn't even. It's not like we we just we weren't in that room. We just saw it like through a window. <laughs> it wasn't even we hadn't even gotten there yet. We were, we were just like like passing by, like oh, wouldn't it be great to be there and kind of look in and like oh no, that looks bad. That looks real bad actually. We should change course. Uh, uh, but that was actually really good. Um, so I see someone. Uh, Justin had a comment. Uh, he said, "Let me go let me pull it back up." He said, "When it comes to angel investors supplying necessary capital that you believe you need, I think it comes down to what message you're trying to get across. You know, if it's good or if it brings you know light to the darkness or whatever. Um, do you feel like one of the reasons your your Kickstarters have been so successful is the message that you're bringing in some of those things in your projects, or do you think it's more so you have a, you have maybe content that is providing like escape? Maybe do you feel like? Yeah, I think probably more the second one. I think if anything, it's any kind of message we may have already brought. I I don't think people. I don't think people really are that invested in ideas. They're invested in finished products and they're invested in other people. Um, but like, like I'm invested in my ideas. I have, I have these stories I want to tell and I'm excited about them, but nobody else is ever going to be as excited about them as I am. Mm. Um, so the, the things that I think are driving people to support those are, are again, like you said before, it's the stuff we've already made. It's the stuff that we did without help for free the the and and ideally hopefully the kind of of uh creators it sort of shows us to be and uh and our values and our our the the kind of messages that it you know that that we've already displayed that we believe in and so i think at that point the people who are donating are people who are like they want to see more of that they want to see something like that but bigger they want to see that expanded 
Um, they want to see what can be done uh, with more resources. Um, because we do have, you know, our second one that we did recently for our new movie is a sequel to a movie that already existed. So it's actually maybe even a little bit more of a, of a, of an example of that where they, they already had seen what this was on basically no money, uh, include like message quality, everything about it, like it already existed. And so we were basically saying we want to make more. And if we get with this, this last one cost this amount of money. So if we get this amount of money, it will be that times, you know, that many times better than the first one. And so I think that gave somebody, I think it gave everybody something really tangible is the idea is that it gives them like a really solid idea of like, I'm going to be getting this thing that I already like, but this much more of it. And so I think that, I think that probably helps just so making it. Yeah. So I think uh, we got nine, we got eight rules so far. One, the, the rules of <clears throat> Kyle of the Sullivan. Great. <laughs> uh, bend the rules, be a style bender. Uh, copy. Rules are, number three, rules are all made up and they're usually dumb. Uh, which is true. If you think about jump cutting, it was a rule I was taught, and then everybody does it in the podcast now. Uh, four, creativity is hiding where you stole it from, uh, <laughs> hiding the bodies. Five, it can't be all about money. Six, you don't have to be a starving artist to have artistic integrity. That was a gold nugget bomb. Um, <laughs> seven, live under, live, I'm sorry, live stream your fundraisers. Okay. And then eight, give value and build trust. So nine, I think. Let's think about some things that you picked up technique-wise, strategy-wise, during some of these these crowdfundings and these these Kickstarters and things. Like, what are some specific things that you learned in the process that someone could take away to be more effective in their crowdfunding? Um, that's a good question. What did work? Uh, <laughs> so I think I think the things that 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 gave the there you know there was actually one video per crowdfunding session that gave each one a huge boost um and they were they were both really short really succinct um and got straight to the point extremely quickly Hmm. um i think that's probably probably helpful advice no matter how big of a following you already have because i've seen a lot of kickstarter pages that um they're they just have these really, really long descriptions of like what the project is and what we're going to be using it for. And here's all this inspirational music in the background. And there's all these <laughs> guides on how to, how to make, get people emotionally invested. But the things that, that really like got a whole bunch of people in, like for the, um, for the, our new movie coming up, the guards themselves too. the, the reason the, the thing that sold that was me dressing up as one of our popular characters, which is just me in a fake beard and a hat um, very quickly screaming at the camera for about 30 minutes about one one reward they could get for seven dollars that was it and that that one video and the one reward for seven bucks um got us probably 80 percent of our of our donors from that the, the video yeah. did super well sent everybody there because everybody wanted this one stupid piece of signed paper for <laughs> for for seven bucks uh and it, that you said for a while is you keep connecting with your audience 
Like you, I, that's what I keep hearing you say. You connect with the people that watch you and you keep that relationship going. I think that's why people continue to like give their money too, because they're like, oh, we like him. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, it's definitely, and, and it's it's not, again, we not, we're not good at marketing. We're not, we're not advertising or like selling ourselves. It's really more just, uh, I think it's more of the transparency than anything. We're just, we just openly tell people like, hey, this is what we're working on now. This is where we're at. This is what you can kind of expect from us in the future. And, uh, and then when we when we do need things, it feels less like we're coming out of the blue, I think, and asking people for a favor suddenly because it feels more like there is this this kind of mutually existing relationship between like us and the audience who who supports us and has been letting us do this this whole time. Yeah, I think that yeah, it, it's we that having spent a few years building that relationship, I really think is the biggest the the biggest. Uh, help to to our success the biggest cause of our success so far in in fundraising gotcha that makes a that makes a tremendous amount mm -hmm. of sense so rule number 10 well nine is be short and to the point 10 connect the audience gonna put that there we got like 10 rules out of you so far like 10 <laughs> 10 legit usable pieces of information and techniques that we can utilize. Um, <laughs> we call them the Sully techniques. The Sully. The Sully. <laughs> Sully. Hey. Hey, Sully. What are you doing over there? Get over here. Doing a podcast. <laughs> I don't even know that. Um, doesn't matter. So, so what, do you have, uh, what do you have going on next and how are you planning to attack that? You said there's another project that you're currently uh, working on. Yeah. Well, so we had, we, in October, we raised, um, another $30,000 unrelated to the first one for a, uh, a sequel to, uh, to a, so we're at, so we're at 180k. Yeah. You've, you've raised that I, yes, that I owe back to people in the form of movies. <laughs> I think about it every day. Um, <laughs> We uh, we made I I made a my my senior project back in film school uh, and by overambition started pretty early and I decided to make an entire feature length superhero movie with like forty actors in it because I was insane and didn't know any better uh, and did it and then put it up on the channel um, and people have been enjoying it and asking for a sequel for a while What's so we called? decided that to go and make it uh, it's called the guards themselves it is a sort of like a superhero um, like really really like 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 what's the right word to, to say it was we kind of combined like superheroes with like arrested development style sitcom like mm -hmm. filming style Got it. um and so we have yeah a sequel coming out to that that we raised money for in october uh and um then some stuff happened so we haven't been able to get everybody together to work on it as fast as we wanted to um but uh but we've been we've been making sure that the script is as solid as possible and we've already been in contact with well with you guys about making sure that we've you know we're we're kind of like we're we're still kind of in the early stages of planning out um all the different things that we that we want to include we want to uh we want to really make sure we spend a good amount of time on the artistry of it in every possible way that we can so we want to make sure obviously we that we get our actors in with you guys to really learn their stuff for the fight scenes and we're spending a lot of time on the script honing it in making sure that it's you know worth filming in the first place um i've been learning um cgi and vfx stuff to help sort of enhance it and like i think in the end 
this break will end up being very helpful because it gave us more time to kind of prepare. And the more time you put into pre-production, the less time you have to put into the rest of it afterwards. And hopefully people right now are taking the time to, uh, to do that. I mean, this is a great time to write. If you're not working, great time to be writing, doing all that pre-production stuff that no one wants to ever do. Uh, you need unique people for that. I'm not that guy. Don't ask me to do it. Um, looks like uh, Emily, uh, Emily Blackman says it's because we all love Kyle and know he doesn't sleep enough. And we hope that if we donate enough money, we might go take a nap and get some sleep. Uh, so look at the fans are here. Uh, and I don't know who, okay, Andy Rosine, I'll put a link to the guards themselves. Right, I see it. Oh, good. Uh, Kyle, I, I think I told you this the first time I saw that, Allison shared it to me. She was like, oh, you know, they do stuff like this. And in my head, because my ego says, my ego goes, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> I, I called Ben and told him, Dude, this is like better than anything we've done <laughs> a couple of years ago. Did I? And then my head, and then and then Allison's like, "How'd you like it?" I was like, "It's it's, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's whatever. It's not like anything." Okay, I but did. we need you guys real bad because there's like a fight scene. <laughs> there's a fight scene in that first one that is just we we literally showed up and just had to make it up on the fly because I knew hey, nothing man. about how to do a fight. That's, back then. that's how it goes. So we're we're I'm super excited when you guys. Asked me to be on, I was hoping that you would, <laughs> but I was already. I told you that that night. I speak for Ben. He's gonna be. <laughs> he's been wanting to do something like this for a while. So yeah, he's wild. been talking about stuff like this for a while. So we're. I'm really excited that the character that you'll be playing, Ben, is like one of the favorite characters. Like people are gonna people are gonna know who you are on our channel very like very well <laughs> after after the movie comes out because right. that's everyone's favorite character already just from the first movie. What's funny is that what he just said, I literally mentioned this in a previous podcast. I don't, who are we talking to, Keisha? Um, where I mentioned when me and Edwin see things, uh, we want the best for everyone. We're compassionate capitalists and all that. But when we see other stuff, we're like, man, we got to smash that. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. isn't good. We got to do a better one than that. Like, it's the, the competition. So, uh <laughs> So he confirmed that he didn't. I didn't tell him to say that. Is this? This is. I, I just because I I don't think I ever told you guys that. I just told you guys that. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. And I was I was okay with that. But I remember seeing it the first time, and I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? Because we were we hadn't did Rob or anything. Yeah. We hadn't did Rob. We hadn't did yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff. So I was just like in my head. I was like, I was like, bro, this is um getting upset right now. <laughs> Highly upset, and I haven't even—I hadn't met you yet. Yeah. I knew Allison. I hadn't met you. I'm like, I don't like this guy already. I don't even know. And this, I don't like his face. I totally get that. I had definitely, I've, I've had, I've had plenty of that with other people on, especially now. Cause I'm getting, I'm getting like old enough that I'm seeing other, you know, 20 year olds making stuff on YouTube. That's like, I didn't right, have right. the, I could, I wasn't able to do that <laughs> eight years ago. Blocks or whatever. The kid that had the, uh, I think he opens Legos or something like that. He's yeah. like eight. It makes like a million dollars or something weird off YouTube. I look at this stuff and I'm like, man, I've been what in my life? Oh my god! And I'm like happy for these people, and at the same time, I'm like, I have got to get it together. And I know 
you run your own race. I got it. I got it. But like, I'm a competitive person. So when I see someone else making these moves, I'm analyzing going, like, what can I do? What can I take from that? That will allow me to be more effective, more useful, you know, from anything that I see that's because to me, film, I came in with a mind that it is art and business at the same time. It's both of them at the same time. So, so anytime I see anything in business or art that's being that's effective, like I saw Hamilton, I was like, bro, I could totally write some killer historic bars about the Constitution. <laughs> yeah, I've got fire for these people. <laughs> How can we do this? I can sing a little bit. Oh, you know, Leslie Odom, I'm coming for your spot, sir. That, yeah, I mean, that's that's honestly been like the biggest that that's that's what motivates me to do anything is I watch something else that I'm amazed by. And I'm just like, I want to make that I just want to make that exact thing that they made. And usually what I do is I wait long enough to see like two or three of those things. And then I combine <laughs> them together. And so that way, it's less obvious that I'm like just imitating one person. But, uh, but that's pretty much most of Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I'll, I'll watch, you know, what um, we have uh, another future movie idea that we want to make that's animated just because we saw we we love into the spider-verse so much we're like we want to make something that looks like that because that's just incredible looking let's chat we just we had a i don't know if you caught wesley lewis over here but he's he was here from the line uh they did atomic the topping ninja rabbit and uh grand piton stuff looks amazing like we saw them at a a, a festival before and yeah he'll ask them to come on and so like Here's animators here. You can talk to them about these projects. Because yeah. part of the reason for Austin Action Fest, I want to be clear for people who maybe didn't catch the rest of these, part of the purpose is to uh, bring people in the, in the comments. We've had people make like business connections in our comment section. We didn't get to have a physical event this year, but we're going to have a mixer because we really wanted to promote all this stuff. You know, Jennifer Hutchins is doing the um, Austin Entertainment Business Meet Groups and Meetings. We're trying to promote people being combined and working together because when we don't have Hollywood to back you, we need to be better as far as the way our artistic community comes together. Um, like we're putting together things like, like we did a, we're finishing this up. We did an improv movie because I saw people on Indie Film Hustle talking about doing movies with scriptments. So I wrote like a, a loose idea with a little bit of a general gist of where the story is supposed to go. And we went out and we shot, I think we shot up to 28 hours over the course of three days. That's where we are right now. We have like one scene left. And the whole plan was, can we do a movie in like three or four days? Now like a 20, you know, just 24 hour short films. Yeah. Can I do like a movie in 48? Can I do a movie in 72? It was a test. And so if you can, and you have pretty good improv actors. And this is something I learned also from our other guest, uh, Alex Ferrari with This Is May. You get pretty good improv actors, and especially if you're doing something that's not necessarily super dramatic, maybe a little bit of comedy, where people have a little more leeway to play, play around. You get two or three actors that know each other and they're comfortable and you can direct them a bit. You get a couple of cameras and you rip and run. You can yeah. get a movie shot. In a, in, a, in, a, in a couple of days. That's a really cool idea, actually. I like that a lot. It's, and so yeah. what, if you, what if we do one, and then there's another group, and they do one, and we come help them on theirs, and then this other group, they do one, and we all help them on theirs. So now there's three, four, five projects going out that year. Yeah. And again, you seen getting out yeah. there. So. No, that's, that's a good – yeah, I, I need to I, – I, 
I, I despite my entire career being based off of uh, this sort of like this idea of of making things good enough and then just releasing them and not spending too long. I still have all these perfectionist tendencies that make me just take way too long on things. But I, I love stuff like that because it's like it, like giving yourself that challenge it, and and accepting that it that you know it might not be good at the end and that's okay and just letting yourself learn through that process it has been the absolute fastest way to get better for me like that's been the biggest the biggest change in my life has come from just from doing things like that because we we did we didn't do full movies but we had like monday a sketch is going up doesn't matter how finished it is that video is going up so like like allocate the time <laughs> and make sure it's and make sure it's as done as it can be before that even if you have to sacrifice a couple things and then you but you learn from that and so then by you know by the 20th time you do it it's like okay well I know how to I know how to like I know what to prioritize and what not to prioritize because I know what's going to take longer and what's going to be more obvious in the final version and like so yeah I think I think stuff like that is really is is really important to to making any kind of like quick progress as as an artist is giving yourself these like really strong limitations on things. I, and I think uh, if it's uh, I think it's Stephen Copper uh, out in New York. Sam, I think it's Sambo Steve and his group. They do a fight scene like every a specific day. They go on a practice, rehearse, shoot a fight scene like that day. It could yeah. happen. And I mean, giving yourself those constraints. And if you combine that with whoever is getting better at filmmaking and picking up shots and, how, and doing the cut in their head, like everyone does a lot of the cutting in his head before we've done. I'll plan a lot of things out. He'll be on set figuring out, okay, I'm going to move this here, I'm going to do this here, I'm going to do this here. I never do that. Yeah, he does all the time. I'll be like, Evan, we got to shoot this cop. we got to shoot this cop interrogation. He's like, okay, we're going to get the light, drop it here, I'm going to go here, I need the close-up, I need to move it this way because they do it like this in law and order. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Hey, other people have figured this stuff out. Just imitate that. Like it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> you exactly. only you only have to do one really unique thing in a project for people to go like, man, those guys are so creative. How'd they figure out all that stuff? You do all the rest of it, and then you just do like one special thing, and then it'll look like you know how to like you came up with all this stuff by yourself. <laughs> yeah, but that's the whole thing. Is like if you if you if doing it so frequently that you can just get it down. Like yeah, you know yeah. what you need and what you don't need. Right. Saves you a lot of time too. Cause a lot of times, I mean, I've been on sets where we shot 20, 30 takes. And I'm like, I can't tell you what's different between some of these takes. No, I mean that's a good point. And I'm guilty of that myself. But yeah, no, we at one point we did this video where like we were really pressed for time and thankfully Allison was on set and she was like, You get two at most. Like if you have to redo one, I'm you scared. get a second one. And uh, and it, it was fine. Like the video is up on our on our channel, and you can't tell the difference, even though the other ones we did thirty times, and that one we did twice. Like it's we still made it work. That is awesome. Add that to the list, Ben. You only need to do one creative thing. <laughs> oh, you're right, Ben. Sorry, <laughs> that's golden. <laughs> one creative thing to fool people into believing that you're awesome. Thank for you, Kyle. Um, if you were writing your autobiography, what would it be called? Um, oh, I've already decided on this. Um, I oh, think wow. it, <laughs> it's uh, either um, that shouldn't have worked, but it did, or <laughs> <laughs> or uh, or that took way longer than I thought it would. <laughs> I like the first one. <laughs> I, mean, I like the first one. That was cool. The word um, did. <laughs> 
That is amazing. So um, I think we kind of went through all the financial stuff, but just curious, like if you, like if you could work on anything tomorrow, an existing property. Now maybe it's not a movie that's being made. Maybe it's a comic book. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider yeah. I, I already. I was just <laughs> like Spider-Man. Boom. I know he would do Spider-Man. Either that or Star Wars related, but it probably Spider-Man. Definitely Spider-Man. Yeah. That. That's why Spider-Man. I. I. I don't know. I've always loved Spider-Man. It's just my favorite. Uh, it, I, I watched Spider-Man cartoons and played the games and stuff back when I was a kid, and it's always been my favorite superhero. I don't know the reason. It's probably just because it's it, he's made for me. I'm a you know I was a nerdy white kid that wanted to be a superhero growing up. So got it. Hey man, say no more. Listen, nerd over here. Tell the lady, bro. There's photos of me at Ren Fairs, bro, in costume. And I'm I'm like, if you're coming with me to a Ren Fair. You're getting dressed. We're not going in there looking like civilians. I had like I outfitted two, three people to come do these things. So I'm like, my, we're gonna go. Let's go. My Ren Fair photos have been uh, printed on canvas and displayed on my office wall in in order, one from each year. Taking it to the next level. Uh, I've got a new goal. Got it. Got it. Because I for I wanted. Actually, you know what? I don't know. You know, not, you know, no idea. I. No, I don't do Ren Fairs. I don't dress no, up. They're so great. Direct oh, one, one oh time. if I could direct. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm sounding like Kyle now because I don't want to rant. I would. I know yours too. I would want to make a Blade film. I knew that was what it was going to be. I knew it was going to be Blade. Blade. <laughs> Blade or I would, if, if I could just work on a movie, no matter what it was, would have been a Ninja Turtle movie. Oh, okay. Okay. But. Uh, like, I don't mind being any, like, I would, in fact, back in the day, like, when they had, like, the te actual teenagers or whatever, and they were the foot soldiers, I would, like, I would like to be, like, a hero foot soldier. Oh, okay. That so not sense. just, like, a, a background one, like, one that's a little more. Like a putty. But, uh, yeah, and um, there's a lot of Blade fan films that I've been watching, and I, I think I can put my head in there. Yep. <laughs> All right, so we got a couple Kickstarters to get going. Uh, Keisha, <laughs> do you have anything? Um, I'm looking to see if we have any last questions. Uh, no, I got your question for you is what I'm asking. <laughs> oh. there's, a there's a project. Like, oh, do we have any questions? Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you, were, if you could pick any property, which one would you would you direct? Which one would you, you take on making? Any anything that's already established, right? That exists in the world. Like it doesn't have to be a movie. It could be a book. Like if you could do one movie, what would it be though? Oh, okay. I'm gonna take it a little bit different. I know if that I could work with any one person, I know who that person would be and okay. who I would want to direct. Um, it would be Megan Good. Oh really? Yeah. I did not see that answer coming. So yeah. <laughs> That's like my dream person. If I if I ever get to work with her, I think I'll I'll be like, I made it. <laughs> yo, like, is there a this voice in the darkness? I gotta say, Schoenberg Washington, yo. <laughs> yo, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Period. That's the man that I want to work with. Got you. I think I there's a lot of people I would enjoy working with, but if you give me a choice of picking a person I prefer or doing a movie that I want to make. It, that is not even, there's like four that I'd be all over giving any shot at all. 
One is a book, uh, Stephen Erickson, called uh, is The Malice and Fifth, Stephen Erickson and Ian Esselmont. It's this series of fantasy novels that is obscene. It's kind of like reading Conan because it's got so much anthropology in it, but it's just epic combat and I would look magic and swords and freaking werewolves. I'm freaking in there, right? Uh, I would love to take a shot. There's a Sega Sega Saturn game. People are not going to know this. Called <laughs> Guardian Heroes. It's the greatest, greatest <laughs> video game I think has ever been made. <laughs> Sega Saturn, Guardian Heroes. It looks like an anime. It's freaking amazing. I, I would I would I would do work on that um in a Tekken movie. I think I could make that I think I could make a Tekken movie really 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 work. I would watch a Tekken movie made by you guys for sure. <laughs> you know, I feel like we Wu-Ping vs. Rob and um this guy was like, "Yo, you play Tekken." I can tell by the combination. <laughs> and he was like, it looks like Hihachi. And that was like one of the greatest compliments I had ever received in my lifetime. That's great. I have another question that came in. And Kyle, they're asking, this is from Andy. He says, will you continue <laughs> sketches on your channel? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like me personally, I, I still, I'm, we're, I, so we were kind of split up. We have like two different houses for door monster now, and we have one group that's kind of making a lot of the stuff, but uh, I'm still doing one sketch a month on my end. So uh, each, each month we have like one big cinematic sketch that I spend the entire month on, uh, which has been great. Cause we, we, again, I kind of, I kind of, after you do something enough, eventually you just kind of, you know, you, you stop, you learn everything that you need to learn from one particular project. And then you have to, you have to, I think, be able to know when it's time to move from one thing to another. And so now I'm, I'm doing longer, longer term one month, uh, videos, um, where I'm doing like more CGI and special effects and kind of spending more time on, uh, on kind of making them look more cinematic and doing some stuff I wasn't able to do before. So yes, if you, if you, Tune in, subscribe to the channel. Still, we we still have uh, uh, one like random video game based sketch coming out per month, and then we have the other team that's doing D and D sketches once a month as well by themselves. That's awesome. awesome that y'all have been able to. You have so many people now. You've been able to split yourself. Yeah. That's so yeah. So you're saying that they're doing sketches and you're not even there? Yeah, no, they're doing all of it. They're oh, uh, wow. Ian's Ian's writing them. They're shooting them while they're there, and then we have a an editor like that I'm not sure you guys have met that's editing them all yeah, together yeah. by himself. You feel like a proud father, you're like, oh, hello, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, because I'm I'm very you know uh, I'm in controlling. I guess is the right word. I, I like I I I'm I'm really picky I'm about like, how things turn I'm out. Particular. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there was like, the, I don't remember exactly which one it was, but there was one video that came out that I, I didn't have any input in from start to finish. And I watched it and I was like, I don't need to be there anymore that I, I can I can finally like take a breath and relax and know that it's being handled. It has you, just for anybody jumping in, I appreciate you, Justin, appreciate you engaging everybody in the comments. Uh, just so you guys know, this is, we're talking to Kyle Sullivan. I'm on Instagram now too. Kyle Sullivan, the owner, CEO, Door Monster? Uh, yeah, those two things. Uh, overlord, the overlord of Door Monster TV. The overlord, sure. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, just 
you guys understand, go back and watch the beginning of this. Kyle was able to raise over 180 grand in counting, I guess, in uh, funds. To I don't like hearing the numbers added together like that. It stresses me out. <laughs> wait, wait. One, okay, fine. 150 on one campaign and then 30 grand on another campaign. So if anybody out there has got like a pride thing, take that jab. Take that. Take it. Um, but he was able to raise that with his team for two different projects. Uh, so we're talking to him about what it took to uh, <laughs> to make that happen and some general ideas about his filmmaking team and his YouTube team. Uh, we've got the 11 rules of Kyle of the Sullivan's <laughs> over here uh, that I will be releasing. This is definitely going out like to the to the masses of supercut because it was it's genius stuff. Uh, pearls of wisdom from Kyle. We need some shirts. I got to get some shirts too, man. I got to get some shirts so I can represent, you know, Dormaster Film Fest. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I got my Dormaster shirt on. I need to get the action, the action fest shirt too. Oh, that's coming. That's coming. If anybody has any other questions, you can drop them. Um, I'm looking at the Austin Action Fest site. I'm looking at Ben's page, so you can drop them and I can read them out. Gotcha. Justin is giving, telling you to and keep keep going, stay positive, never sell out. Critical. Um, I, I don't think I don't think we got we're in a lot of danger of that. I think a lot of the stuff we've been talking about <laughs> is that literally everything you would sell out to. Alex Ferrari already told us that it's built on foundations of sand that was never intended to really profit as filmmakers. So I think people are starting to wake up to the fact that the game is decentralizing itself. Um, yeah, I hope so. I like I I really hope that, that that's the case. I feel like it's definitely much more possible now than it ever was to be able to to make these things without having to to go you know uh, go to the industry for help. And so I'm very excited to see everybody start doing that and kind of seeing like you know the the bulk of production kind of start dissipating out of hollywood and kind of being spread around to, to more places you can do a lot of stuff in austin texas and yep. so I, got a, I had a question for you um and like i said part of the reason we do this right here is to bring light not only to local filmmakers but independent filmmakers in general um and to you know they have the american film market in cali hey man we're gonna have the Austin Action Fest market, which is a, a market for action-oriented content, um, which includes horror, which includes adventure, which includes most sci-fi. Uh, as long as we say, as long as the kickstabbing, chasing, or jabbing is somewhere in that project, we can have a yeah, conversation. Yeah. So, um, hopefully, we can be a part of that decentralization as well. For you, um, since I know you're, you're dabbling with some distribution options through your through your channel. Uh, what are some things that, that you would look forward to since you're now in those conversations um, for maybe like if there's a new distribution model that's going to pop up or a new channel that's like a Netflix for indies or whatever, what are some things you would like to see? Um, that's, that's a really good question. I, uh, I do think there kind of is a missing step somewhere in between uh like youtube and netflix mm. uh i think a lot of people have tried filling that in and different the the two sides have tried sort of like reaching into the middle um but i i feel like there needs to be at some point something something new that exists as kind of a third step in between those things youtube has 
obviously started as like entirely independent, just upload your videos and see how they do kind of, kind of platform. But the company has expanded into like, like making their own originals and doing these different things. But when they do that, they, they, they do it still by industry rules. It's still the same thing. It's like, they still play the same game as everything else. So there's like that huge gap is still there, even on the same site. Um, And I, I, I don't know the solution. We've tried thinking about this and wondering if there's anything we could like try to work on or introduce that would help kind of steer it in this direction. But, uh, but we haven't been able to. Um, But I, I do feel like there's room for something that's like, like this, this sort of like, mid-range like middle-class film studio kind of kind of area where like we can hopefully get these smaller production companies that are are not you know disney but also aren't just some people in their bedroom that can <laughs> that can get together and collaborate and do business with each other I and actually make their own content in my green screen in my bedroom is that no i mean that's like oh, that's still where we are too but i kind of i want something <laughs> what's up that's what we're doing now kyle we're just throwing shade <laughs> That's what I mean, though. We're all we're all in this on the same <laughs> level. Like I feel like I, I want something. I, I, I there just needs to be more tiers. I feel like it's too it's too big of a jump, and I feel like that's that that has been closing uh, in in recent years because I I can't if you wanted to make movies in 1980 or something, I guess you were just out of luck. You just had to go you had to go be a PA and work your way in. Like you you couldn't like get a camera and make stuff by yourself. Uh, yep. But now, now you can get like everybody's phone is better than the camera I was using when I first started. I literally said that <laughs> like two podcasts ago because we started with a, our first camera was a it was actually it wasn't a Canon it was that Sony Coolpix <laughs> something that my friend I'm never listen you're gonna get he's catching shade now Marquez DeBose <laughs> is the one who told me this look at the photos just the, you got a good camera and I bought it right and then we immediately got in the filmmaking I was like yo this is trash for filmmaking and then I got on this other set and this guy was using magic he was transitioning from film he's using magic lantern on a Canon T3i and Magic Lantern is a like a pirated operating system that sits on top of the Canon software to get okay. you additional features, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we did that, and we we picked up a couple of can. We had three Canon T3s eventually. We were running around thinking we were the hotness, getting <laughs> up a storm, and yeah. uh, then we we upgraded to the Black Magic 2K. And so we had that for a while, and it was pretty. And then we upgraded from that to the, the Panasonic GH5Ss. So that's where we are right now uh, for the slow motion 4K. I mean, it's just in the image quality just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. But my cell phone, I have a Samsung S10 or something like that. Um, the slow motion and camera HD is so much better yeah. than, than anything that that T3i was putting out. It's, right. it, half the time, I don't even shoot stuff with the teeth rising anymore. I'm like, I'll just get it with phones. Yeah. Our first, our, the first year and a half of our weekly videos was shot on tape. We have, I have a box of the tapes. They're, they're the ones on our channel that have like hundreds of thousands of views. That's what we shot those videos on. And, and yeah, I have a, I have my phone records better than any of those videos ever looked. <laughs> and that was, that was the big, the, the big problem. The big obstacle was getting equipment back in the day, but I just feel like that's, that's being removed more and more. I, I'm, I'm currently learning um, Blender, which is completely free 3D software 
that can make things that look like photographs. Like I have the, the, the video I'm working on for this month, I've already done some test renders and it looks like video footage. Like there's no distinguishable difference between something that was just made from nothing in a 3D software and the footage I shot out behind my house. Got and, it. and that's, it's free. <laughs> like anyone can do that. You know, shoot us, as we tell everybody else, shoot us some information. Like when you guys are working on projects or whatever, Send it to us. We want Austin Action Fest, our page, to be more than just like, oh, look at all the cool stuff Austin Action Fest is doing. We want it to be like a hub of independent action and independent. We have animators. You know, Chill Inway is an animation 3D effects person. Um, we want that kind of stuff to be in one space. And hopefully yeah, next yeah. year when we do our next, normally we have a gaming tournament too. So we want we want to turn the festival into more like a South by Southwest. It's not just, it's not just film festival. There's gaming tournament, there's cosplay, there's, you know, anime. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It's yeah. All of that stuff. And so route that stuff to us so we can share it, boost it, put it out there. So, cause our communities are all related. So like I have friends in California that do a lot of mocap for video games. It's like, it's all, we're all tied in together. So um, I think we can all, we could do some things in Austin, not to mention like e-gaming, e you know, esports is yeah. becoming like crazy. People are just watching people play games. I've, I have watched videos on Warzone, so I'm not even going to front like I'm not that guy too, okay? I had to get my KDR, it's okay. But that's a thing that Austin doesn't have a whole lot of, and it's reaction fans, so we like all this sort of stuff. So I'm trying to figure, we're trying to, see what people want and what they need and how we can start to meet those needs versus constantly begging for the legislation to give us, please give us more tax incentives so we can get people to come save us. Yeah. I get tired of those, of those requests. It's like, well, we can do that. We can campaign with TXNPA and all that stuff if it's going to be beneficial. But while we're waiting, let's just make it an enticing scenario where you just want to come here because it's great and because you have all these other opportunities so right that's the that's the actually two more questions came in kyle if it's okay you have a little bit more time yeah. um, who was your favorite teacher and why and what is the best piece of advice that you've received i guess from them or in general favorite teacher huh <laughs> okay um or maybe if it helps to go to the advice part, like the best piece of advice that's been given to you. Yeah, that's tough. Cause I definitely do the same thing. Like I, I keep like lists of things that I, <laughs> that I hear from people. So it's hard to pick. Um, I, so I'm trying to remember all my teachers now. The, um, the off the top of my head. Oh, 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 obviously. Sorry. My best teacher that I had was my, uh, my, independent art teacher that I did after school. My parents put me into art classes independent of school because I, I wouldn't do sports. Uh, so they, <laughs> they, they sent me to, to art classes and the, uh, there's, um, his name is Joe Fiaco. He teaches, he teaches in Cedar Park. Um, okay. And uh, he's like, I mean, essentially a family member at this point. He, he gave me, he taught me how to draw, how to paint, how to do all the, the starting art stuff. As I was a kid, he gave me my first job. Um, I worked there teaching animation for a while with him. Um, and he, 
he just like I, I can't think of any particular lessons I learned from him, but just by example, he's definitely been one of the people that I've kind of hoped to emulate. He's very like he kind of kind of has like the Bob Ross vibe of just like <laughs> you know who cares what like That's nothing nothing matters as long as you're enjoying creating and <laughs> legit question. I, am I the only one who would get up and listen to Bob Ross paint? Because it was so relaxing to him scraping. Was that, was that the only oh, one? Oh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll have his videos looping sometimes in the background just if I just, like, I need to relax or something. Okay. Thank you. But, yeah, that, like, teacher-wise, he's great, and he's still teaching. And if you're, in, if you're in Austin or Cedar Park and want to take art lessons of any kind, I highly recommend, uh, like, uh, looking him up. It's, uh, it's just the studio Cedar Park is where he teaches, and it's just kind of out there by the, the movie theater if you happen to live out near that area. But um, uh, as far as advice goes, um, I think the people I've ta taken the most advice from has been, uh, again, Freddie Wong on specific YouTube stuff. And he's the one that sort of like, that I kind of picked up my idea of like um, diminishing returns from, which is like the longer you spend on something, the less you progressively get out of it. So just set a date, get it done, release it, move on to the next thing. That was his whole philosophy. And I kind of adopted that from him. That is, I, I've, I know the law of diminishing return. I never thought of it in that context. Yeah. But I've definitely felt it. Like when I've been dealing with something for too long, I'm like, man, I'm not even excited. Yeah. Well, he, he described it in terms of like visual effects because that's what he specialized in. But his example was like if you're adding an explosion to footage, like its first step is you drop the explosion stock footage into the shot and you're 90% done, right? Like there wasn't an explosion and now there's an explosion. So now, and, and it took two seconds. And now you're going to spend another 10 minutes, you know, tracking it, making sure it looks good and stuff. And you'll get it like another 5% there. And that's probably worth it. And then you can go in and tweak it more. But it's like the more and more you tweak it, the more time you're investing. And at a certain point, it's like, is it really worth spending all that time in it when you can just move on to like another shot or do something else? So it's, I, I ended up sort of like, because I, I was really bad about spending way too long on things before I heard that and ended up adopting that. So that was some pretty impactful advice. And then recently, because I've been having to, kind of grow and change from that point too. Um, uh, I'm a really big fan of uh, Jon Stewart from The Daily Show and basically everything that he's ever said. Um, and he, he, having now retired from his job and kind of like gone on to do other things with his life, mm -hmm. um, gave some advice on a talk show at one point to, to somebody who was just graduating. And he, I, think, I think he said something like, um, something like stop, like don't try to finish things, just live them. And it, it, it kind of like, it, it was it was something I needed to hear at the time because I, I've kind of gone through my entire life very dead focused on the end result and on making sure this gets done and like building up the achievement list like in a video game. Like I have to have all this stuff like I, I need to make sure like all this stuff is checked off the list. Um, but the what most people don't realize while you're doing that is that once you get to the end there's nothing else to do afterwards. <laughs> Check it all off. And then it's like, okay, well, I did that. I, now, yeah, now what do I do? Um, and so I've, I've been, I've been kind of like trying to reorient my own, my own way of thinking around like enjoying the process of making things a lot more than the, than, than just having them finished. Um, because when, and, and those two pieces of advice are almost like a little bit counter to each other at first, 
because the 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 one obviously it very much promotes like you know just get it done and get it out um but i think i think combining them together probably the best the best sort of like joint advice is like you're never gonna run out of things to do no matter how hard you try because there's just too much stuff in the world to do so you really just need to enjoy the enjoy the ride because there because there isn't really a logical endpoint and if you got there you wouldn't be happy with it because <laughs> then it would be done and you have nothing else to do so that you know the, the enjoyment journey i mean like right now getting things going when it's scrappy that's fun you know? yeah Only yeah word this is the fun this is like if you tell me your your journey is like hey man you know i just saw my my dad was rich right so he gave me a billion dollars and then we just started making projects and I bought all of my followers on YouTube. And so right. my dad, he totally had a dealership. And so all his friends just supported it and it was fun. That's a boring story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, 100%. That struggle you're going through is going to be the best part. Like when you, when I, I finished the pilot and that, that was one of the big things I did that whole thing. And I, I was like, this is supposed to be where I end up, but all I can think about is like being out, behind the art studio sweating at 3 a.m. in 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 armor that i made myself for like two weeks footage before we run out of tape hey, Look, I, bought, I made a i made a i was messing around with leather and, yeah uh, i i couldn't find a leather pouch for my 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 renaissance gear that i that i liked so I said, man, let me just get some scrap stuff and see if I can make one. And I made one. And that bad boy was ugly. <laughs> I was way, way prouder than you would think I would have been. And way more excited about that one than I was once I finally had the money to go buy like a legit like pouch. Like I have a friend, uh, Matt Poitras here in Austin, he makes like star wars holsters and like legit stuff that they use okay and yeah you know, it was cool to buy his but to go make my own you know like there was a sense of accomplishment uh to that yeah and so you want to do a special shout out to our sponsors one of those is final draft you know the best screenwriting uh, stuff available on the market action movie medics they are trained in covid processes so chris gallup give him a call because he knows how to make sure we don't die of a pandemic while we shoot a indie project. Austin School of Film, always representing them to do a good job. Ballista Blade Entertainment, mm -hmm, that's us. Lone Star Software Services for putting together our beautiful website because I didn't want to do it and I'm tired of messing with websites and it's not my forte. Uh, Shotlister, helping you get your projects uh, you know, put together and ready to shoot. Very, very useful. I love that. I put it put it good use. Wild Canvas Media helped us with a lot of our graphics, our posters, the background that you see, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Film Freeway for handling all of this stuff. Uh, awesome movie gear for just being amazing through the years and super, super uh, reasonable and affordable and sponsoring our event even when we did not know what we were doing and it was not even nearly this polished. City of Austin Cultural Arts has been a big uh, sponsor. They weren't able to do much this year because of COVID, but they have been helping us get this thing going since we started. And so we are always forever thankful for anyone who comes in, everyone who's been a guest, and every one of our panelists. 
uh, Seed and Spark. I mean, having them come on and, and offer to to give free training to Seed and Spark for crowdfunding and whatever. Um, hey, Jen, yeah. Can you hold for one second, please? I'm sorry. Um, can you take a look at what I've just sent to you? And Kyle, I want you to um, let you know that there's been two more questions that were asked of you. Um, well, one comment and one question. One comment I got to share. Um, someone is saying that they were mesmerized by Bob Ross's fro when they were younger. I just wanted to share that. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> and the other thing was someone was asking you if you could please share, if you can, what the video of the week is. Video of the week or month. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, for this month. Uh, Just hold for one second. Oh, sure. Has to take care of something. And then, yes, if you could please share what that is. Sure, okay. Your going back live is prepping right now. Okay, cool. I was wondering, I saw it freeze up. I was wondering if something had happened. Yeah. Yeah, we've been running it literally all day. Uh, yeah. I not know how that was going to go. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's fine with me. It'll be all right. Okay, I think we're good to go. We should push it back out. Come back now, yeah. Cool. Facebook and live, yeah. Sorry, I apologize for everybody who's listening to my foolishness right now. Uh, <laughs> All right, and it's back out. Boom. Should be live again. Okay, so where are we at? The two questions? Yes, well, for one, I'll just share the information about um, Bob Ross's fro that had to get out there. But also, someone asked about the video of the, I think it was the month or the week, I'm sorry. But uh, the, yeah. you could share it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This month, I'm, I'm doing uh, with, uh, an Animal Crossing video. Um, we've been planning that one for a little while. Uh, it's mostly a, a, a way to practice some uh, Blender CGI that I haven't really had a chance to do before. Um, so it's based, it's based off the game and I'm working on like adding elements from the game into handheld like, like actual shots and like three, like tracking that stuff in. Got it. Okay, so now, um... I don't have any more questions. No other questions came up. So I think that's okay. uh, Yeah, I think that's it. Did you have anything else for Kyle before we thank everybody? Um, I think literally almost everyone on the planet just now. Uh, so <laughs> I think we, we no, might have already done that besides C Oh, okay, cool. Well, um dang it, I gotta go that whole run again. <laughs> oh, fine. Okay, let me see how fast I can do this. What, anything for Kyle before I do the final sign off and thank you? Before we let him go, yeah. Later, Kyle. Uh, nope, he texts you later about some things. <laughs> okay. You want to see Thank you so much, Kyle. So, thank you to uh, thank you guys for attending the Austin Action Fest 2020 panels. It's been a full day of amazing information with amazing panelists who uh, pretty much are telling us exactly how to get things done. Uh, some shots of the pride. What uh, you got in film? You got to have a decent ego. Take those hits and learn. Learn when you're not doing it the right way or doing it the way that's giving you the results that you need. There's people out there. There's information out there. 
And we'll bring as much of that to our festival to share with you guys, not only the, the, the show side, but the business side as well. Thank you so much for Kyle for being here for that. Um, yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome. Thank you, uh, Cultural Arts, City of Austin, Cultural Arts. Uh, so, uh, I'm not even sure what they're called. Cultural Arts Grants something. You know who I'm talking about. They sponsor a lot of these artistic endeavors. Do an amazing job. Thank you guys for being behind us all these years. Awesome movie gear for having very reasonably priced gear and also sponsoring us when we did not know what we were doing. You were amazing. Uh, thank you for Film Freeway for allowing us to do this through your through your site. There's a bird right there. Crazy. Um, he's trying to get in the shot. Not today, sir. Not unless you pay to be a sponsor. Uh, so Film Freeway, thank you for putting, you know, allowing us to use your platform to get out there in front of these filmmakers and allowing us to help these filmmakers get seen by everyone else. While Canvas Media did a lot of our backgrounds, a lot of our, our uh, flyers and things of that nature. Fantastic organization. Uh, we work with them a lot. So if you need anything, get a Wild Canvas, shoot. They do posters. James Drake is ridiculous and he does way too much stuff. Um, Shotlister, thank you. Amazing program, allows you to schedule your shots, share with the group. Very, very useful for scheduling. Uh, if you don't have Shotlister, go get Shotlister. Lone Star Software Services put together our beautiful website, so I didn't have to. Uh, we just had to make some minor adjustments once everything was done, but they did all the hard work and heavy lifting for AustinActionFest.com. So thank you guys so much. Uh, I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Uh, Ballistic Blade Entertainment, some other company. We're we're here. That one's part of that too. So thank uh, uh, thank myself for being myself in Ballistic Blade Entertainment. Yeah, that works. Austin School of Film, thank you so much for sponsoring so many of our other events when we have live events. And hopefully we'll be able to go back to that uh, once mm -hmm. the plague has lifted and uh, it's safe to do so. And then we'll be back to doing live screenings, which will be amazing. Uh, action Movie Medics, oh my God. So these guys are trained in the new COVID protocols and they are gonna be critical having individuals like that uh, on your set moving forward are going to shoot something you want to be safe contact action exclamation movie medics local group here in austin make magic happen talk to chris and finally final draft okay 11 that's the one that's sponsoring this event event here the best filmmaking software uh screen writing software available known to man yes what was that yes yes, yes. okay he's co-signing got it Yes, they are the best at what they do. That is why Final Draft is an industry standard. You know, don't let not having the right software stop you from making your film. You know, if you got to do it on a typewriter or whatever you can get your hands on Microsoft Word, go for it. But the moment you can, the big boys are all using Final Draft. And when you got to pass that script around for adjustments and rewrites or whatever, trust me, Final Draft is the way you want to go. So. Shout out to them. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring. Thank you, Logo USA, for attending. For our dish, other distributors that were able to attend, thank you guys so much for being here. Okay. All our panelists for giving us all this great information. All you guests, all you filmmakers for sending us your film and trusting us with that this year. Next year, hopefully, we can gather in a, in a building, in a convenient location, <laughs> and, uh, and it could be that much better. With that, I mean, I think that pretty much covers it for 
Austin Action Fest 2020. Love you guys. You know what to say, right? Your director. And cut. Thank you for listening to the Austin Action Fest podcast.